And good morning, everybody. Y'all doing well today? Yeah, all right. Kind of enjoying this past spring, winter week, whatever we just had. It's good to be all together. Hey, a couple of quick things. Next week is Palm Sunday. We're talking about Easter, but next week, Palm Sunday, and we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper. I'm always excited to celebrate the Lord's Supper, but we have a, a new little thing that you hand out. Much easier to open than the other ones we've used. So uh, it is safe. You'll be the one who touches it as you come in, but we'll, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper. If you're going to be doing that with us online, you might want to be thinking that this week and be prepared uh, to join us for that next Sunday. Also, one other little quick thing, and this is before saying what we're talking about today, but I think most of you know, at the end of the message, uh, we're going to have a, uh, just a brief introduction to some of the things that we have here at our church, sources, resources uh, for handling mental health uh, issues, whether that's something you want to avail yourself of or make family, friends, people you know aware of. So uh, don't don't cut off right after the prayer. Uh, y'all are stuck here, so y'all won't. But if you're online, don't don't turn off when I say amen. We've got some good things coming right after that. But today I am continuing uh, this two-week series on mental health. And, you know, a two-week series, okay, I don't actually think I have two sermons. I think I have one really, really long sermon on this. And last week was part one. Last week set up for today, part two. So I don't say this a lot, but if you didn't hear last week, you really should go back and listen to that. You can understand today without last week, you won't grasp the significance of really what is going to be a very simple idea. But I, I think you'll miss the significance of that if you don't go back and, and see what we laid the groundwork last week looking at empty practically, scientifically, psycholo- psychologically, I- I- biblically, how we set up uh, for what we have today. So I, I suggested last week, I might even say I proved uh, that we are all walking around on empty. Now, empties, that's not new. That, that, that's not a new status for us. Em- empty has always been there. It's been a possibility for every single one of us at any time, anywhere in history, anywhere on the planet. What, what was unique about last year, 2020 kind of took all of us to empty together at the same time. It took us to the land of empty. And if we're not living there right now, boy, we're right on the border. We, we got a tent camped out right on the, the edge of empty. And we are emotionally, we are mentally exhausted. And it is absolutely possible to hear somebody say that and be thinking. As a matter of fact, I'm confident the majority of us would hear that and think, I'm fine. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling exhausted. And again, I kind of go back to last week. We, we, we saw you actually can be sitting here today saying, I'm fine and be exhausted. And where you'll feel that, the price of that could literally be nine, 15, even 24 months down the road. So, so we are exhausted and we need to address this. We need to respond to it. So what do we do when we're exhausted? Yeah, it's not a trick question. We, let's say it all together, starts with an R, ends with a T. We, 
We rest. Yes. And do you know that God wants to lead us to refueled, re-energized, and ready to go if, that's, boy, that's the operative word, if we'd let him. I want us to see some very familiar words, words many of us have heard many times, but maybe today in this context we hear these words in a whole brand new way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Take that out of kind of the poetical way that said, it means, hey, when I've got the shepherd, I I, I don't have need. I have access to everything I need in life. There's no place of want in the shepherd. And as David is giving this testimony to all that he has in the shepherd, look at where he starts. I mean, the power, the money, the favor with people, success. Look at where David starts when he says, I've got everything I need in the shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. The very first thing he mentions, in the shepherd I have rest. He leads me beside still waters. You know, when the waters are still, there's not anxiety. There's not worry. There's not fear. There's a sense of peace and a sense of calm. He restores. And he wants to fill the tank. Mentally, emotionally, physically, he wants to fill the tank. And that shepherd has a name, doesn't it? His name's Jesus. It's, it's Jesus that is that shepherd for David, is Jesus that is that shepherd for you and me. And unless you're thinking, well, maybe that was just for David, he has a very clear open invitation for all of us in Matthew eleven twenty eight when he says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you... Boy, this is a theme of the entire Bible. I'll give you... Actually, the word there is Shabbat. It's Sabbath. I will give you Sabbath. I will give you rest. Listen, if you're weary of trying to be good enough, if you're weary of being strong enough, if you're weary of being strong for others, if you're weary of bad news, if you're weary of pain, if you're weary of the conflict, I get it. Come to me. I, I, I want to have, I want to give you rest in from, from that and in that. Boy, if only we would. If only we would. You know, folks, it takes humility to go and get that. And humility is not yours. It's not mine. That's not our default. Our default is pride. Our default is I can do it myself. As a matter of fact, some of us, we think in a great love for others and concern for others. We've even said, you, you, you know, Lord, you, there's, so, there's so many people doing that have it so much worse than I do. You ever heard that? So many people have so, Lord, you go take care of them. Oh, aren't I a good person? I'm willing to let God go and take care. He must be really impressed with me. No, because what I just said is, God, I, I just have, I'm not in touch at all with the amount of pride and arrogance in my life. I don't need you. So you go help the pathetic people that do. That, that's what God hears in that. He's, he's not looking for how you can do on your own. 
He's looking for you to enjoy and depend upon what he has for you. And it really isn't what you can do on your own. He actually designed you and designed me to have rest. This goes all the way back to the very beginning. Look what it says here in Genesis chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and he made it, he made it holy. Now, you, you see the little dots there? That means, it sounds like it, that's the end of a sentence, but it's not. That, that holy is right in the middle of a sentence. The sentence goes on. But I want to stop there on that word holy because it sounds like my rest is in this day being holy. And holy is kind of an ominous word, isn't it? It's a big word. A lot of us don't feel like I can get my arm around what all that means and if that's something I can attain. It maybe even for some that's a little awkward word. I'm not, I'm not sure I can even get to holy. But folks, all holy means is separate, distinct, not like the others. My rest is in a day that is separate, distinct, not like the others, a day that is not like the other six. Folks, what God is saying here is not as much about on this day. It's not about the name of a day or this day. It's about a rhythm. It's about a cycle of life that he has built into our design. We go six days and then stop. We, we go six days and then we cease. This, this is what God is calling us to, to have a, a day of rest. It is a cycle of life. And I'm going to say this a couple of times today. None, none of us are bigger than the design. You are not bigger, stronger, better, smarter than how you have been designed. We are designed for this day. You, you know, it seems like we'd be grateful for this day, right? I, I, I mean, this is an easy day. This, what a great command to have in life. As a matter of fact, God goes on and puts this, you know, in the top 10. Think of that. Now, all of God's commands in my mind are kind of have an equal level of importance, but he does have a top 10, doesn't he? And this command makes that. That how we're designed is inside the top ten. So God elaborates, God further defines what is said in Genesis 2 with, a, with the top ten commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. We need to remember it because I'm very important. All that I do is very important. And so I get charged on all the things I need to be getting done. And I forget that, oh, wait a minute. There's a Sabbath day. There's a, a rest day. Keep it, there's the word again, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor. And that word labor, folks, probably our mind goes first to what we do for a paycheck, right? But that's not just a reference to what we do for a paycheck. It's a reference to everything we do to make life happen. It's the paycheck, it's the errands, it's the chores, it's the go do this, go do that, drop off here, pick up there. It's everything we do to make life happen. We do that for six days, and then on the seventh day, we stop. We were not designed to go seven days. Now, right away, our pride jumps up in us. I can go seven days. And, and maybe it's not our pride. Maybe it's just our curiosity. Well, now, wait a minute. I, look out there in the world. There's all kinds of people who don't know God, don't acknowledge God, don't, don't acknowledge a Sabbath, and, and they go seven days. 
You, you know what we're giving testimony to there? We don't know what healthy is. We don't know what a full tank is. So when we're on empty, we don't even know. We can't even feel, we can't even understand our lack of health. I'll come back to that in just a a, a little bit. But we were not designed to go seven days. We're designed to go six and then stop and plug into the Creator. I mean, this just doesn't seem like it should be that hard. What do you mean to rest? Well, another word for rest, another word for Sabbath that defines Sabbath is cease. Cease, stop. Cease striving after significance and success. Cease, stop working at accumulation and accomplishment. Cease working on the to-do list. Stop. I've not designed you to keep doing that day after day after day after day. I've designed you to do it for six days and then stop and plug into the Creator. I mean, it it seems like this should be a a simple command, a very much of a thank you for giving me this command, Lord. But here's the interesting thing. Throughout Jewish history, throughout Christian history, we have overworked this command, no pun intended, (laughs) We've overworked the command, debated the command, misused the command, misunderstood the command. We've done a whole lot with this command, but but obey it. So so what I want to try to do today is give us a kind of a a quick study, a quick understanding of the Sabbath, what, what this is, and then understand the answer that it is for us. So what, what is the Sabbath? Okay, well, we, we go back again to Genesis chapter 2. God, God created six days and then he Sabbathed. He, he stopped. Now, did God stop because he was tired? Say no. No, no, of course not. God, God has all power. Do you know God's never even experienced seven-eighths of a tank? He, he has not had that experience. Do you know God has never got... Not once, not in all of eternity has God ever gone. Not once, never. God has all power. So if God's not stopping to refuel, if he's not stopping to top off, what is he doing? You know, part of rest, folks, is celebrating. It's it's the luxury. Can we use that word? It's the luxury of I can stop and I can look back over the last six days and I can celebrate. And, and I can enjoy what has taken place here. So, so the, you, you don't have God being tired. You've got God stopping to celebrate and enjoy. And that's what he's giving to you and me. As a matter of fact, it's actually a blessing. It's, it's not the name of a day. It, it is a cycle of life and it is a gift. It, he blesses the day. It's a gift to you. Isn't it funny in all of our religiosity, we think we come here today and we're giving something. I've come here today to give God his day. Really? Did you make this day? When did you cause the sun to rise? Oh, I'm coming here to give God tithes and offerings. Really, it was your money to begin with, huh? I'm giving God this time. Well, you created that, huh? Folks, we're not coming here today to give God something. We're coming here to receive what he has for us, to enjoy and celebrate what he has for us. I like one, one rabbi, he was writing before the time of Jesus. I'd give you his name, but he was writing before the time of Jesus like you care. But he said, this is the primary function for a family, for an individual of the Sabbath. It's to praise God 
and to enjoy. To praise God and to enjoy. So here we're talking about emptiness. If I want to top off, fill up my tank spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, whatever part of that tank is running on empty, if I want to fill that up, then I'm going to take one day every seven and I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to praise God in life. That fills the tank. Now, what day is the Sabbath? My guess is a lot of you have that settled in your mind. My, my guess is you've lost absolutely no sleep thinking, what, what day is the Sabbath? Oh my gosh, I missed it. I've been doing it on the wrong day. But that actually has been kind of a big debate. Uh, more in Christian history, the Jews aren't debating it. In Christian history, there's been debate. You probably are familiar. I mean, we have whole denominations that say today's the wrong day. Y'all are doing it on the wrong day. We were supposed to have met yesterday to do this. So I, I do want to address that debate just a little bit, but that in that continue answering the question, what is the Sabbath? So for the, the Jew, the Sabbath is on Saturday. That is the end of their week. That is the end of their seven days. And that actually begins Friday night because their way of thinking is, well, flip-flop from our way of thinking. And this is not a biblical idea. It's not a command. It's just the reality of their culture. When we wake up, we say we're starting a new day, right? When the sun goes down, that's when they begin a new day. Their new day starts at night, which is why when they took Jesus to the tomb and it started to turn evening, they couldn't finish taking care of him. They had to wait and come back Sunday morning because now the Sabbath had begun. So their their Sabbath begins on what you and I would call Friday evening. They actually would call it Saturday. That's what happens in the evening. It becomes the next day. And so the Sabbath begins Friday evening. It goes through to Wednesday evening. That was true 3,000, 2,000 years ago. It's true today. Of course, we in, in Christian history, most of, most of history looks back on the New Testament and says that the Lord's resurrection, the Lord's day, that, that superseded, that, that succeeded the Sabbath. And, and we believe there's New Testament examples of, of a new day of Sabbath. And so we can work through and understand, well, is that right and is that true and, and what's happening? But again, I want to keep going back to this idea that what God gave us was a rhythm, a cycle to life. So we have to look at how the cycle fits and then work the cycle, right? Does that kind of make sense? So in America, what's our cycle of life? Now, we call Sunday the first day of the week. Actually, I don't know who calls it that anymore. But I mean, historically, that's what we've called Sunday, right? And if you look on most wall calendars, you know, Sunday's over here on the, on the far left, and we read left to right, and out here on the far right is Saturday, so it looks like Sunday's the first day and Saturday's the seventh day, right? Now, that might all be true, but how do we live? How are we, in fact, live? What's the whole setup of life? You know, as a society, we really don't have a Sabbath anymore, do we? We used to. Some of us are old enough to remember a lot of things were just shut down on Sunday. Whether you wanted to stop or not, you didn't have much choice because society kind of shut down. That's not as true anymore. But even with that not being true, you can't do the amount of things on Sunday that you can the other days of the week. A, a lot of things don't happen on this day. So we wake up tomorrow morning and our feeling is I'm starting a new week. And when, when I get to Friday, about three or four or five o'clock Friday, we, woo, man, now we're starting the week. Say that again. End, end. 
the next two days are the end. Meaning, in our cycle of life, Saturday's day six and Sunday is day seven. Now, we can discuss and debate how it got to be like that, but in our culture, Sunday is day seven. I could actually make the argument that if I'm legalistically trying to follow Genesis 2 and Exodus 20, the Sabbath is on Sunday. That's our cycle of life. All of the running around and doing is going to happen on Monday to Saturday, and on Sunday we Sabbath. And of course, it is the law in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's a grace. It, it, it is a gift. And Romans chapter 14, verses 5 and 6 says, don't exalt one day over another. Don't, don't act like only one day you can know and experience God, man. But, but it, it takes us back. It moves us from the rule to the principle. It's still calling us to Sabbath. It's just saying, live the principle, not a rule. Now, somebody could. I will raise my hand and say, well, wait a minute, God. You're the one who gave all the rules. I, I mean, you open up the Old Testament, and there is a lot of rules on what you can do and not do on the Sabbath. But God's just beating us to the punch. He's answering the question before we ask it. Because the moment you and I are told we can't do something, we go, we run right up to the line and say, this? You know, the moment we're told what we can and can't do, we want to know the exception. We want to know the boundary. And we're going to camp out. Don't, don't, don't walk on the grass, this grass? Well, I mean, is that okay? What about that? What about that? I'm folks, that's human. You know what that's called? It's called sin nature. It's in every single one of us. We just love to camp out and, and, and find the exception and find why I'm different and the rule doesn't apply to me. So God says rest. Super simple. And we come with a thousand questions. And so you know what all the rules are? They're just definitions. They're just describing. Rest means you're not doing these things. Rest means you are doing these things. So yes, there are rules there, but it was never about a rule. It's a gift. You know, do you realize that the most debated thing in the New Testament between Jesus and the Pharisees was the Sabbath? Oh no, they killed him because he was the son of God. Yes, that is why they killed him. That is why they put him on the cross, his identity. But the thing they constantly debated and fought over was the Sabbath. And, and Jesus is in all kinds of conversations with them about the, the, the Sabbath. And I, I love one, Mark chapter 2, uh, is the, the story and what brings the debate. And I love when he gets to about verse 27, verse 28, you have the ultimate New Testament mic drop. They're going back and forth about what he can and cannot do on the Sabbath. And it's like, Jesus, is time out. Okay, I just want to make one thing clear. I am the Sabbath. That's the mic drop. <laughs> You're sitting here debating what I can. I, I am the Sabbath. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And I made it for you. I made it for you. So we're running around trying to figure out all these rules and what I'm giving to God and all this. And God, Jesus is saying, man, y'all just, you're missing it and missing it and missing it and missing it. It is a gift that I have given for you. Listen, like anybody else, I have ideas of, of what should and should not be done on a Sabbath. And I can tell you one thing for sure. You should not be blowing the leaf blower on Sunday when somebody is trying to take a nap. That is a, 
that is a bad neighbor, okay? So, you know, we, we've got ideas of, of what we do and don't do on the Sabbath. You know what I want to talk about for a moment? Building a new Sabbath. That's what a gift is. That's what a grace is. I want to talk about building a new Sabbath. And as we build it, because there's going to be some real individuality about this. There's going to be things common to all of us. But there's also going to be some individuality about that. So as we build a new Sabbath, at least four ideas need to be engaging in what we're building. Number one, it needs to be a day marked by rest, right? Because that's what the word means. It's called the rest day. Hmm, I wonder what a rest day should look like. Again, don't turn this into a complex trick question. It should be marked by rest. Whatever I'm doing or not doing, it should be marked by rest, It should be set apart. It should look different. I should not, generally speaking, be doing the things that I do Monday through Saturday. Yes, you can still get dressed. Yes, you can still go to the bathroom. Yes, you can still eat. Don't be silly about this. But the things that generally make up life Monday through Saturday, we're looking to stop that cycle and have a bit of a break. A mental break, a physical break, a, an emotional break from those things. That's what the word holy gives us. It's a day for remembering the Lord. And by the way, you know, it look, might look funny. Why, why'd you wait till number three to mention the Lord? They're all four of equal importance. They, they all, they all four. It's not pick one or two of these. It's not, okay, make sure you start with number one. They, they are all equal, okay? So it, the day that going to church is the centerpiece of the Sabbath. Whatever else I'm doing or not doing, gathering with God and his people is the the centerpiece. And then lastly, now the first three you've already heard me saying today, right? This fourth one might sound a little bit different. it's It's a day defined by conviction. And you could put conviction, you could put faith. You know, the Sabbath is our worship. The Sabbath is our well-being, as I'll continue to make the case for this morning. But the Sabbath is also our witness. My faith is in not what I can get done. Oh, I've got things to get done and God's given me six days to get those things done. But my faith for my success, my faith in my identity, my faith in my eternity, my faith in my God is not in the work I do. Here's my conviction God can do more in and through my rest than I can do through my work. God can do more in and through my rest than I can do through my work. Do I believe that? We don't live like it. We don't live like it at all. We live like it's up to me. So I've got a day a week to build that faith, to grow that faith, to to, to exercise the faith. I can rest and I'm not falling behind. That make sense? I I know the rest of the world is running. I can stop today and I'm, I'm not falling behind. That's my conviction. So we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about building our own Sabbath. Now, what Jesus said, this, this day is for me. What, what does that mean? You know, we live, in a, we live in an absolutely stressed out society. And that statement has nothing to do with 2020. That statement has nothing to even do with America. We live in a stressed out world. Do you know why it's stressed out? Because we die. And on the way to dying, we fight. 
I mean, this life is filled with conflict and confrontation and sweat and brokenness, and then we die. That's a real emptier, right? We, we live in that. And, and so, folks, think of this. It was in Genesis 2. Genesis 3 is where sin enters. It was in a perfect world that God said, I've designed you to stop. In a perfect world where there wasn't death, there wasn't conflict, there wasn't confrontation, there wasn't brokenness. In that world, God said, six, and then stop and plug into me. So if that was true in a perfect world, what in the world would that be saying about our world? I think it's saying my survival is based on this day. This day is my, our survival. Boy, it's a good day to be sitting in church, isn't it? (laughs) Glad we came today. (laughs) And you know what I would say to every one of us churchgoers, starting with this one right here? I don't honor the Sabbath. As I have, have studied and prayed this week about this message, I've been convicted over and over and over of how much I do not use this day for the gift God gave it to me to be. You know what you and I do? We have a Sabbath hour. Over really spiritual, we have a Sabbath two hours. I don't know about you. I, 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 can, I, can, I can walk out to the parking lot, get in my car, and I'm thinking about what I need to get done, what I want to do. You know, I've got a busy week ahead. And I'll even reason in my mind, boy, if I could, if I could just take an hour maybe two hours, and and just knock some stuff out. Boy, I'm going to be able to relax so much more the rest of the day, and, and, and then I'll have a good start to my week because it's dependent upon me. And I can do more in my work than God can do in my rest. And, and so we have this Sabbath hour. Folks, it's not a Sabbath hour. Not one place in the Scripture does God say have a Sabbath hour. It, it, it is a Sabbath day. The entire day is to look different, not an hour or two. And if you and I don't grasp this, we're going to break down. Again, now here's the pride, and it's a pride with a lot of evidence. Because a lot of us right now are thinking, okay, yeah, I understand why you're saying that, but I'm not breaking down. And again, what about all the people in the world that don't honor the Sabbath? And they're not breaking down. We're used to living on broken down. We can't even tell anymore that we're broken down. You know, I I talked about running last week. Uh, Another good illustration here, I guess more for long-distance runners. Sprinters aren't real runners anyway. Um, In the the long-distance running world, we we know you're going to have an optimum race. You're going to have an optimum workout if you are hydrated. And so here's the principle we're trained with that, that we learn as long distance runners. If you wait till you're thirsty, you're too late. If you wait till you're thirsty, you've missed it. You will, you can get water, but you will not achieve optimum again in this race or in this workout. You, you gave that away by waiting until you were thirsty. Now that, that this is, watch how good this illustration works. That doesn't mean I won't finish the race. That doesn't even mean I won't do good in the race. It absolutely means I missed optimum. I missed absolute excellence. 
And you know, what's funny about this illustration too, is it's, it's absolutely not just running. Do you know most people in this room are dehydrated? Ask a doctor. We, we live life dehydrated. We don't drink enough and it, and it affects mental capacities. It affects our organs. And the good news is we don't feel it until we pay a big price as we start to get a little bit older. We live life dehydrated. And yet you would say, I feel fine. That's right. You have grown absolutely used to and comfortable. Unhealthy is normal. You know what the Sabbath is? It's God scheduling a cool drink of water before we get to dehydrated because we're not smart enough to stop and take a drink. That this is God's gift to us. Now, sermon's getting long. I need to start wrapping up. And I'm kind of, I kind of imagine, I was, whenever I'm writing a sermon, I'm always kind of imagining the conversation on the way to the car. Or the thoughts on the way to the car. So I, I'm finishing up and I'm about done. And, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, okay, what would be the conversation on the way to the car? And this is how it goes in my mind. You know, I thought last week was really interesting. I, I, I thought it made some really good points. And boy, science and the Bible all were, boy, that was very intriguing. And we come back today and he says, you need to go to church. Seriously? Seriously? You're telling me to be healthy? I need to go to church? What a preacher thing to say. Because that's all preachers have in life. Go to church. Well, first of all, I think I've said a little bit more than go to church. I, I think there's a little bit more there. But folks, you know what? There are other things that are involved with you and I being mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and I would add relationally. There are, there are other things involved to being healthy. Absolutely there are. We threw some of those out last week. Hey, things we can control, sleeping patterns, diet patterns, exercise can have a profound impact on our health. Those are all tank fillers. Praying. Not just praying alone, but did you know that praying with others is a huge tank filler? So yes, there, I mean, we could, I absolutely could make a, probably the word we would use a very practical because going to churches that's not practical I mean that's just that's just what we're supposed to do but now what practically is going to help me and and folks all those things are are real but there are a thousand voices telling you those things for every one voice When we're all looking at each other, broken down on the side of the road, there's only going to be one voice. Should we check with the designer? Should we look in the owner's manual? You're not bigger than your design. I don't care what you've accomplished. You're not bigger than the design. So I guess my idea in having one simple idea today is if we don't fix the major thing, all the minor things won't correct it. Leave out the major piece and plug in every one of the minor pieces. You're going to miss it. So my health, your health, our well-being, I think is based on answering two questions. Let's look at them up here. The key to my well-being is answering what can I do. Oh, gosh, that's almost a whole other sermon. 
I, I mean, how, how do I say this? I, I just don't find anywhere in Scripture where it says, boy, eight, nine, ten times a year you should Sabbath. Hey, once or twice a month you should Sabbath. That, that's not what the designer said. He said, every six days, stop. Plug in. Well, so are you saying if I miss a Sabbath, I'm going straight to hell and my life's going to fall apart? No, of course not. God's way too kind and gracious for that. But see, the moment we start to say, well, what about? We go and live the exception. Exceptions are the exception, not the norm. They're the thing that almost never happens because it's an exception. What happens every Sabbath is that I think about what I enjoy and celebrate and rest in the Lord. And just like that question, just as important as that question is, what can I do every Sabbath that enjoys, celebrates, and rests in life? That's our question. As I said a moment ago, there's going to be things that all of us are going to do that's going to look the same coming to church. That's the centerpiece of the Sabbath. Old and New Testament, that's, there's, there's never a Sabbath where that's not the centerpiece, okay? The big family meal. Remember when the Sunday meal was kind of a deal? I mean, I don't even think you had to go to church. I don't even think you had to believe in God in America. You just had a big Sunday meal, right? That You know, the family to get, that's not such, I'm sure there's some in here that still do that. That's not, that's not what we do in America anymore, but boy, we're stronger and healthier for it. Going to church, big family gathering, meal, that might be a nap, that might be common. But see, then where we build from there might look different from person to person. You know, exercise is a big tank filler. Going for a walk, a hike, a run could be a wonderful thing to do, especially on an afternoon like I believe we're going to be having today. It's funny how legalistic we get in our thing. On the Sabbath, this is okay. This is a sin. Really, you think heaven just fell apart because my knees came a little bit higher? No, uh, uh, of course not. Hey, man, let me tell you something. If exercise is not regular and normal for you, I would suggest you use a day like this to go on a good brisk walk, breathe, sweat, and enjoy life the whole time. I would not run on a Sunday. Remember, we're all kind of building individually. I work out six days a week. What is the print? Remember the four principles? If I work out six days, five, six days a week, then on the seventh day, I'm going to take a break from that. If you only work out once or twice a week, then maybe, hey, you might want to consider that on a Sunday afternoon. I would not. Not because I think that running today would be a sin, but because I trust my designer. And he said that physically, mentally, and emotionally, you need a break from the normal cycle of things. So what might be good for you, I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to follow this principle. Uh, Some of us, we really get a tank filled if we're reading. Others feel like, just poke my eyes out. You know, see, we're all going to be a little bit different. We're, we're all going to be a little bit different. So, may, you know, I said there's two questions. Maybe there's kind of a series of questions we're asking. What am I going to do or not do today that's going to make it different from the other six, right? What, what, is, what does this day look like so that it doesn't look like the other six as much as possible? 
I, I, I think it would be good to think about, hey, what are the tank fillers in my life and what are the tank emptiers? My, my guess is you know the things that, man, no matter how hard you're going in it, you end up with more energy at the end, right? What, what are the things that fill your tank, that give you a, a little bit of lift? And then there's things in life that just drain us. Now, we're not in complete control of that always, are we? I can't always control whether a tank emptier is there, a tank filler is there. But boy, where I can, and especially on the Sabbath, I want to try to not have as many tank emptiers in that day. And of course, the big question is, man, hey, what can I do today? What can I design about this day so that I just end up praising God all day long and loving him? There's a thousand voices, and I'm not saying they're wrong. There's a thousand voices that'll help us diagnose why this, why we're broken down over here on the road. Are we listening to the designer's voice? He gave us something, and we almost universally ignore it. And then we wonder, why are we broken down? Am I saying going to church means you'll never have health problems? No. (laughs) Am I saying going to church means you'll never be stressed? No. We still do this in a very broken world. And in that broken world, God said, here is the tank filler I have for you. It's the Sabbath, and it's gathering with God's people. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. I thank you that you never sigh. <laughs> I thank you that you don't ever get exhausted, not, not emotionally, not, not, not physically. I, I worship you. I don't even know that I can fully grasp what that means, that you're omnipotent, that you have all power, that you don't ever, you don't ever get exhausted. I, I don't even know if I can fully grasp that, but I want to try to praise you for it. God, I, I praise you and thank you for, for making me and designing me, and I thank you for a book that tells me how to get the most out of this life, out of relationships. Not just the Sabbath, every rule. Every single one of your rules is a good for us. It's a design instruction for us. Boy, Lord, I was just overwhelmed this week at how much the word rest appears all the way through the Scriptures. Clearly, when you watch us live, you know it's exhausting. You know it's painful, it's worrisome, it's anxious-filled. Thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you for giving me the luxury, the peace to be able to stop. And no, I'm not falling behind because I have you. Lord, would you help each one of us to with a new sense of excitement, a new sense of understanding of your grace, may we build a Sabbath for our home, for our lives, for our well-being. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, real quickly, and I do just kind of want to tack this on to the end of these 
two weeks. Uh, we, we actually have quite a few things here at our church. Uh, the, these aren't new things. Many of them have always been there, but are just some tremendous resources for our health and well-being. And, and Pastor West, Ronnie West here, uh, oversees some of those things, a good many of them. Sure. So I asked him, if, hey, would you come and just kind of point us let, it, let us see what we have here and what we can take advantage of. And again, he's going to be brief, but if you have questions, you know where to go to get answers. So, Ronnie, share that a little bit. Thank you, Randy. And I, want, I appreciate so much uh, your series the last two weeks and how it has shed a light on how empty so many of us are and, and the difficulties that this last year has brought to us. And uh, sometimes I think the next step is that we just have to uh, understand or realize that there, there are needs in our life and maybe our tank is empty and what do we do next? And I want to challenge just one lie that I think the devil's very successful with and that's saying we can do it alone. Uh, we are built for community and God has brought us together and uh, it actually takes great strength to step out and ask for help as opposed to not doing it, you know, and so I want to encourage you if there are some times in your life that you need to speak with somebody or do some, do something like that, please take that, uh, that step of strength and, and make that happen. I want to show you something on our website, uh, thb.church slash mental health. You can see some information that we have. Could we bring that slide up there? And, uh, on that, there are many things that uh, we, we have available uh, at, that, at that website that we can do that that's going to actually help us or help you to do that. There are several uh, Christian counseling centers that are listed that are links there. One is the Counseling Center for Abundant Living. Uh, that, uh, that particular one is uh, a ministry arm of our church. You can call the church number here. The, the, all those contact numbers are listed on our website. You can make that happen. One is the Christian Counseling Associates. And another is Footsteps. Both of those, all those are Bible-based Christian counseling organizations. You can find the links on our website to make those things happen. Uh, it's very important to, for, for you to be able to experience those. That is not an exhaustive list. There are other Christian-based, Bible-based counseling services that we're looking into or that you may be aware of. We encourage you to do that. We also have some uh, support groups that we have at our church. One is Celebrate Recovery. It meets every Monday night. Uh, if you are interested in and being a part of that, I encourage you to be there. And as soon as uh, we are able to open up and have a few additional classes, we have grief share. We have divorce care. Those will be starting in the near future, we hope, uh, as, uh, as again, as uh, our, uh, we're able to open up and do some things. So we hope that uh, maybe one of those things would be of importance to you and you could use those. And the last thing I certainly would be remiss if I didn't mention this is, again, we are built for community, right? And uh, many times... We can just gain so much strength and help and assistance from just being a part of having great, healthy friendships that we pray with, serve with, do life with, and that's our life groups, our small group ministries and things like that. And so if you are not in a small group, if you are not in one of our life groups, I encourage you uh, to to check that out and to uh, make a decision saying, hey, I want to take that next step and be involved in doing that because it's going to help refill my tank, okay? And so those are some things we think are very important and uh, some resources that we think will help you. If you uh, have any questions, 
please come and ask us or talk to us. And the last thing, just to just, just let you know, we are so glad that everybody is here today, and it's just been great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Hadn't it been good? We, uh, and uh, as you go, as you're leaving, we just want to say hi to you. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we have a gift for you right at the welcome desk, right through these doors uh, at the big desk right there in the center of the concourse. We would love to get to know you a little bit better. We hope that you'll stop by. Also, if you have a decision to make, if you want to talk to somebody about your relationship with the Lord or becoming a member of our church, you can do that at the same desk. If you'll just go right through there as you leave, we'll, we'll take the time to talk with you and help you out in whatever decisions you need to make. So again, thank you so much. Hope you have a great day.